Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. So Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on all God's armor. We're going to stop right there for a moment. This is a message from our father. This is instructions from our father. So you tell your kids, put on your jacket. Kids, put on your shoes. Kids, do this, do that. You tell your children to do something. If they don't do it, do consequences show up? Do they sometimes get themselves in trouble? Do they sometimes hurt themselves because they didn't listen to your words? The simplicity of the word. I hope you'll get this, the simplicity of his word. He's giving us instructions. Obey his instructions. So let's go right back to 11. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Anyone been dealing with things? Every day and all this junk going through the air and messing with us? For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes... Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. He gives us instructions. We have an enemy. He is a spirit being. God's making this very clear to us that we cannot fight him in the flesh. It just doesn't work. We have to fight him on his turf, which is in the spirit. And he has no power. He's got nothing. The church is walking in weakness in so many areas, and we've got to lift ourselves up. We've got to correct ourselves. We've got to change. Because there's more coming, guys. Times are not finished. Darkness is coming. It's upon us. I'm not trying to be negative. It's a real thing. It's biblical. Biblical darkness, biblical difficult times are upon us. We have to be prepared. You must dig in. You must. Or you will fall under all the pressures of the world, all the garbage that's going on. You'll fall under it. I'm encouraging you to rise up right now. We've got to be strong. John 10.10. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. 
my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Which one do you want? Okay, so here's the title of this message. It's Recognize Your Enemy. Okay, I'm going to break this down the best way I possibly can. First, I, I have a privilege that I counsel at the Hope Center in Tulsa. And it's a drug and alcohol addiction house that these guys, most of them go on their own to learn God's word to overcome addictions. And I am so blessed to be around these guys that truly want to learn God's word to overcome the things in their life. And here's what I tell them all the time. Every day we talk about almost the same things we're going to go over today. Satan presents a thought. He doesn't show up in your front yard. He doesn't show up in your car. He shows up right here. He presents a thought. And then we engage in that thought. We start chewing on that thought until we let that thought drop down in our heart. And then we act on the thought. That's what sin fulfilled is. We were presented, we chewed on it, we let it get in our heart, and then we acted on it. Accountability is 100% on us. So here, how do you battle that? How do you battle a thought? You say something out of your mouth. Did you know you cannot mentally chew on a thought and speak something else? You can't think something in your brain and be speaking something else. It doesn't work. You can try it today if you'd like, but it won't work. I, I love describing to the guys, I'll, just, I'll tell them, do not imagine this. Do not let this thought in your mind. A big three-ton elephant. Don't think about that. Don't think about those big old floppy ears and that little bitty tail on the back and those big feet, big trunks. Don't think about that. Don't think about that gray, scaly skin. Don't think about that. And those big tusks, don't think about that. Kind of impossible, isn't it? So we get attacked in our mind. And we just lay there. And we, we absorb it, and we chew on it, and we think on it. We're driving down the road. How many of you are like me? You have so many arguments driving down the road in your mind that never happened, were never presented, but you debated this thing all the way around through your mind until you argued a good point. Oh, really? Y'all going to leave me alone? I'm the only one? Okay. Thank you. Golly. Leaving me out there. So... How do you get rid of these thoughts? So the wife says something, the husband says something, boss says something, it's in our mind. We're chewing on it. I highly recommend the word of God. You speak it out of your mouth. But I, I've told the guys, just say purple. Anything to disrupt the thought. Disrupt the thoughts in your mind. Conquer it with the word of God. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God's purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. But we have to do something. Did you know the word of God is conditional? His love is not conditional. But we have to do something. Ephesians 6, we have to put on the armor of God. We have to make decisions. We have to speak the word out of our mouth. We have to choose well. 
So when we have these battles come into our minds, the word of God says to renew your mind with the word. So if we are renewing our mind with the word, and that means chew on scripture, read scripture, get it in you, get it in you, get it in you as a second nature. Not, okay, I got to go run and figure it out. If you need to go run and figure it out, do it. But I'm saying renew your mind to the word, really dig in so it's instant. So you can recognize your enemy. So you can know that this battle in my mind, this thought that's coming in my mind, this thing that's dominating me, that's my enemy. That's not just a thought that showed up in your head. It's not just something that you're dealing with at the moment. You are being attacked because we're in a spiritual warfare. We're being attacked. We have to recognize our enemy and overcome him. So 1 Peter 5, 7 through 11, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. That's a real good place just to rest, isn't it? This is also a choice. Do you see this? Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Choice. 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 We can choose life or choose death. Choose heaven. Choose hell. The Bible, the Word of God is divided into two choices in almost every facet. Religion and all the religions in the world out there that from Hindu, Muslim, Catholic, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Christianity. These are all religions. God didn't bring religion to man. He brought his son to create a relationship between us and the Father. We have this concept in the world that all these religions are like a buffet of choice. You can choose this one or 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 this one. And some people just say, I'm not choosing any of them. I don't want any of them. They don't interest me. Because they picked apart what God's going to do. God didn't design religion. Did you notice in the Old Testament and the New Testament that it was the religious leaders who were the problems? Because man gets in the way, we mess up everything. So man starts religion, and he starts saying how we're going to do things, and it all loses its power. We lose our victory because we got in the way. That's why we have to let the Spirit of God rule. We have to give obedience to the Spirit of God. So 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Let's back up. Let's recognize our enemy. He prowls around like. He's not a roaring lion. He's not a vicious creature that can come get us in the dark. We can submit to him when he comes after us. He's looking for someone to devour. He's presenting a thought to you. He's presenting an idea to you for you to submit to so he can get you. Understand. Oh, Lord, please let them understand. Get this in your heart so deep. Your enemy presents a thought. I'm not your enemy. If you don't like what I say, I'm not your enemy. 
I'm speaking the word of God. Your ex-husband is not your enemy. Your employer is not your enemy. The challenges in your life and the people that are mouthy and horrible and mean to you are not your enemy. It is the devil. He's your enemy. He's the one distracting you. He's the one trying to deter you from what God's word says. He's trying to keep you out of peace and the riches and the glory of God's honor with a thought. And for us all, let's think about that. Am I going to be taken down by a thought? What happened to old Jane? Ah, she fell to a thought. She's gone now. Let's not do that. Let's not submit ourselves to the enemy. Let's control this with the word of God by the renewing of our mind. Let's fill ourselves with his word and his power. Stand firm against him. And be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of sufferings you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. So this just clarified that we're going to go through challenges. We're going to go through struggles and troubles. But those thoughts are going to continue to come in the middle of the struggle. We get rid of one and another one will come. That's why it calls the fiery darts of the enemy. So we have to put them down. We have to put them down. We have to be very disciplined, very obedient to his word. We have got to recognize our enemy, that he attacks us in thought. This is very interesting. Yesterday, um, Kate asked me to cover, and right after that, wow, every opportunity on the planet came at me to go the wrong way. I got attacked physically, spiritually, and emotionally. I got things coming at me in every direction. What do you do? Don't submit. Don't give up. You know this one. Sickness tries to come. First thing in our minds, we go, uh-oh. Most of us go, uh-oh. And then we're like, okay, but put a guard over your mouth, please. Because when you do this, these thoughts enter, even the, the sickness tries to enter your body, the thoughts enter, and then the mouth starts running. We need to be speaking the word of God over ourselves when sickness tries to come against us, when sickness does come against us. We can't give up in the middle of the battle. I am preparing yesterday for this, and my body just said, I'm done. And man, I'm about to shut down. I, I mean, I... I'm hardly able to keep moving. And I just continue to overcome and continue to overcome. I refuse to give up. I will not give up. And I continue to speak the word of God. And I overcame. Satan doesn't want you to hear this message. It's exposing him that if you'll control your thoughts and if you'll speak out of your mouth the power of God, God's word goes and it performs that which you spoke. This is an instruction manual, folks, and it's from our Father. 
Our Father is telling us, if you'll do this, if you'll simply obey my word, if you'll simply speak. Man, he didn't make us do what the Old Testament did. Anybody been gutting a bull out in your front yard? Anyone have an altar? You're slaying animals and sprinkling blood? Old Testament had to do all these things to overcome sin. We don't. We simply have to speak his word and walk in it. Man, it's so simple, isn't it? It's so simple, it's hard. Our minds have a real difficulty getting our head around it. And a lot of gentlemen, we have an ego that says, I'll handle this. And we just stomp on through, and then we're the ones getting sick and in trouble and all that. When all we have to do is submit ourselves to the Word of God. All we have to do is speak His Word and let it work. Let His Word be performed. Let's go to James 4. And verse 7. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong spot. But that's still a good one. So you can go finish that one later. All right, here we go. James 4, 7. Dear brothers and sisters... Be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look. Oh, my gosh. Am I wrong again? It was still good. See, I mean, the Holy Spirit says he's taking over, so I should have kept reading. My bad. I should just look behind me, shouldn't I? All right, here we go. I'm going to blame it on these glasses. These are like bug shields. These things are massive. My dog ate my other ones that are smaller, and now these are like everywhere, so I'm looking through a globe here. All right, let's see if I can get this right. James, yes, James. Four, yes, four. Seven, yes. Okay. Yay, I did it. So, humble yourselves. That was humbling. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Man, half that didn't sound too fun, did it? Well, let's back up. So humble yourselves before God. And I I speak to men a lot on this part. Because we got to get out of our, our egos. We got to get out of our man brains. That the simplicity of the word of God is just this. And we can overcome. We can be the leaders. We should be the leaders. We have to lead this way right here. So men, 
humble yourselves before God and teach your wives and your families how to live under God. So resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist. That's a choice also, isn't it? I kind of equate this. I'm not a sports guy, football and all that kind of stuff. But you know when a football player is running the ball and he resists the tackle? That's all he said to do. Get this. Thought comes. Devil's attacking you. Oh, no, what do I do? Resist. Just resist. Was it Joseph where the um, king's wife was trying to chase him down and love on him? And he just kept on resisting, resisting, resisting. Resist temptation that will flee from you. doesn't matter what it is. You simply have to do it. Images on the computer show up. Images on your phone show up. Your brain wants to submit to that. You must resist. It's a trap to suck you in and mess you up. We can do this. We just have to obey the word. We just have to act on it. God made it so simple. Recognize your enemy. He wants to get you into pride. He wants to get you to suck you into the thoughts in your mind, to the images on computers and to phones and to things that you shouldn't be doing. He wants to get you off track so he can, let me explain it real clear, destroy you. It's not just a simple image on a computer screen. He wants to destroy you. And look how, look what God did. He said, when you resist the devil and he will flee from you. What's he want from that point? He said, come close to me. Another condition. You have to make the action. You have to make the move. You have to do it. It's up to you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. He said, wash your hands, you sinners. He said, purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. We need to understand the spiritual battle that we're in that is just as simple as this. When we give in and we submit ourselves to the actions of the world and the things that the world's doing and the corruption of the world, the things that draw us away from God and away from church, well, Tim, what are those things? If you wouldn't do it right here in church, it's those things. I just want to clear it up. Now, I have not always been an upright, walking, proper Christian. I have not. I am now, and I have been for a very long time. And I'm not proud of that. I'm confident in that. I've learned this, is I, I continue to study the old miracles in the Old Testament because they're so powerful. You have Daniel. He goes into the lion's den. He just goes into the lion's den and goes to sleep. Because of the confidence in his God, the confidence of who he serves. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, love them. My fire brothers. 
They said, King, oh King, whether our God saves us or not, I will not bow to you. I will not submit myself to you. He's saying that to the devil. I will not submit myself to the devil. I will not submit myself to sin or corruption or the bad things. I will not do it. And if I die, I die. But I will honor my God and I will not bow. That's what he's talking about. When David slew Goliath, he was so ticked off. Littlest dude out there. He's going, who is this guy? Who is this man speaking against my God? He knew who his father was. He knew who his God was. And he would stand for him. He would declare his promises. He would stand boldly and defend his father and his word. No, you will not. No, you will not speak that way about my God. You will not do that to my people. One man stood and honored his God. And look what his God did. He took down that giant. And then the rest of the story. It's a beautiful story. So the difference is these men didn't have all this that we have in front of us. They didn't have all these simple instructions that we have. They didn't even have the Holy Spirit, guys. They knew in who their God was, and they meditated upon who He was. They chose to meditate on who He was, and His power, and His authority, and who they were, the children of God. That's why they could overcome. That's why they were strong. Because they chose. So I'm reading this one more time. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. We have to stay here. The things that are in our way, we're choosing to allow ourselves to be divided between God and the world. In, in my groups at the Hope Center, we broke this all the way down because we can make excuses, 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 excuses about everything. And I, because I've been able to work with addictions, I now recognize that I'll get every excuse on the planet. Uh, um, the guys don't intend to, but man, they'll, they'll lie to you just to get away from the truth. And what we talked about recently is owning it. We have to own it all because everything is our choice. Addiction is a choice. And the beauty of what they now see is they sit in a house without drugs or alcohol and they're okay. They really don't need it. Because they go Psalms 91.1, call 911, baby. Get under the shadow of the most high. Your addictions and alcohol and all the things that try to fill you up and please you and pornographies and all the stuff that gets you into this euphoria. And then you come crashing down every single time. Every single time. Because we're not dwelling in the shadow of the most high. 
the most high God who wants a relationship with us. He wants us to draw close to him and he'll draw close to us. He'll empower us, he'll strengthen us, and he'll direct us. The beauty of the Holy Spirit, wow. What he did right here, pointing out the insignificance of the devil. We, we blow him up in the world. And the world's not shy of saying who Satan is anymore. Have y'all noticed that? He is blatant. He is out there. I mean, he's in a capital in Iowa, right? They've set up some Satanist Christmas display. It, this happened last week, and it's a beautiful thing. That a Christian man flew across the states to go decapitate Satan in the capital of Iowa. He got thrown in jail. Oh, too bad. Seriously, and let's go there. So we're going to sometimes, we have these challenges or temptations that we're not going to speak God's word or act as a Christian because I might get in trouble. I might lose my job. All those things. I know it's a tough thing. But every time we stand for God, you know he stands for you. So are we going to allow an administration or a superintendent or whomever, and I'm talking to you about when the Spirit of God tells you to do something. I'm not telling you to go set up a preacher stand in the middle of your job and start wasting time. No, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm saying when the Spirit of God tells you to talk to someone about Jesus in your workplace, talk to them about Jesus in your workplace. If your boss fires you, thank you, Lord, for what's next. Because he's going to take care of you. Brenda and I have examples of this. It's so wonderful where we stood for something and we got terminated from a job. Oh, well. Is God your provider? Did you know he's your provider whether you have a job or not? Did he say to be lazy? Nope. But if you're in a situation to where you're not working and things are challenged, he's still your provider. That doesn't change anything. We've got to get into the simplicity of the Word of God. So wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. You know, that means that you're still sensitive to the Spirit of God. If you can hurt over it, He's still calling you. You're not lost. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up in honor. He will lift you up in honor. It's a beautiful thing. Second Corinthians 10, please. Always learn from your mistakes. Watch this. Ooh, this is so much easier. All right, we're on the same page. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. Again, it goes back to our enemies are not people. We're in a spiritual battle. So here's a 2 Corinthians 10, 5. 
I want to break down in the King James Version, casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The vain imaginations, they're what? Tell me. They're thoughts. They're vain imaginations. Using God's name in vain is, most people think it's the GD word. Vain is anything opposite of what he said it was. God said, this is my word. God said, this is my promise. And you're saying, oh, he won't provide, or he didn't provide, or blah, 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 blah. It's casting down vain imaginations. His word said contrary to what you're going through. That's vain. We have to break it down. We have to recognize what's going on here. The things that are coming against us are against the truth and the knowledge of God. And we've got to cast those things down. We cannot let them be a part of our life. So I know I make this sound simple, and I want it to sound simple. Almost ridiculous would be even better. Because our enemy is ridiculous. I did not look this scripture up, but when it talks about when we see who he was, when we see who the enemy was, we're going to say, that worm deceived nations? This deceived us? This thing put me in prison in my mind? This thing took away my joy? This is where we've got to dig in. Guys, we are coming up on a battle a real battle that we're going to see. Look around the world. Are we there yet? Are we in tribulation yet? I'm not breaking all that down. I just know that the signs are in front of us. And that day is quickly approaching. And we have got to decide whether we are going to stand in the Word of God, for the Word of God, speak the Word of God, or not. It is our choice, and it's what we have to do. We have the promises of God. We have his healing, his provision. We have his sound mind. We have all things that pertain to life and godliness if we will step into it, if we will choose, if we will make the stand, if we will resist the devil, he will flee. If we will draw close to God, he will draw near to us. Who's... Whose responsibility is it? It's ours. It's every one of ours. And we need to be chasing right now, folks. We need to be chasing down our loved ones. We need to be chasing down our friends. And there is a, um, a message out there in the world that's contrary to what I believe, is that I don't want to offend anyone. I don't ever intentionally go out to offend someone. I honestly don't. Anyone who knows me and knows me well, if anyone heard anything bad about me, my friends and people that know me would go, no, not, not Tim Coleman. For my young life, my little bitty growing up, I've hated, despised lying, cheating, and stealing. 
I've never, never been a part of it. I've been corrupt in other ways, but I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I don't deceive people. I don't misdirect people. I will not do it. So sometimes we offend people and don't intend to. And that's okay. It's honestly on them. They need to deal with it. But here's what I want to say to you is that your loved ones out there, the ones who are lost, the ones who are wandering, the ones who are doing exactly the opposite of what God told them to do, and they are creating a truth around them to make them satisfied and feel good about their sin. Did you hear what I just said? Too many people are doing this right now. The whole world out there, the uh, Alphabet Mafia and everybody else, the people who are living with people at their house and doing sexual everything else and saying they're okay with God, are trying to create their own truth around their sin, and it's not okay. It doesn't work. We need to address it. We need to tell them straight up. We need to proclaim the gospel to them straight up. I'm just going to say in in your face gospel because I'm assured of this in Scripture that when these folks die in their sin and reach hell, they're not, man, I'm here because that one offended me. They're not. They're not there because they were offended by you. They're there because you didn't display the truth in their life. You didn't give them the word of God in their life. They're there because you didn't help them with truth and see it. So let's say you present yourself to someone and and give them correction in love. We correct in love. And they leave you and they're mad at you. Did you know the Spirit of God is now at work? Because you did something. You planted in them life to uproot corruption. You planted in them a seed that's going to start growing up to where their spirit's stirring and things aren't right and I've got to get this right. And, and that nagging is going to, to get them. It's going to get them to turn. But if you don't present the gospel to them, if you don't present truth to them, Jesus is the life, the truth, and the way, right? If we don't present his life, if we don't present his way and his truth, they will not make it, right? It's up to us. We're the disciplined followers of Christ, a disciple. We are supposed to be disciplined followers of Christ. Did Jesus just, whatever you want to do over there, buck, whatever. No, he didn't. He addressed it. He dealt with it. And it was up to them what they were going to do. I'm going to give you this, and I'm going to close. A friend of mine who discipled me in the Lord a long, long time ago. This is something that I encourage you all to start studying up on, as I am. Did you know that 80 times in the four Gospels, Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man, but only twice the Son of God? Psalms 115.16 says, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. We have this concept in our minds that the earth is Satan's. It's his domain. We've heard that. We've been preached that before, that this is Satan's world. No, it's not. 
It's ours. So, here's my friend's statement. Do you realize it was not Jesus' divinity, but his humanity that gave Jesus authority on the earth? So think about this, okay? Jesus is on the earth. He's walking, talking, and doing all his miracles. Somehow in our subconscious, we have this thought that the resurrected Christ, Jesus, has all this power, and then he gave it to us. He walked as a man. Do you realize it was not his divinity, but his humanity that gave Jesus authority on the earth? But in the account of Jesus' temptations in Matthew chapter 4, the devil says twice, if you are the son of God, and the devil knows Psalms 115.16, he knows that humanity was what gave him authority on earth. But he doesn't want you to know that you, the children of men, have the authority. He wants you to believe that the authority on earth is divine when in fact it is human because God said so. So Jesus came as an example to us pre-crucifixion and resurrection. Pre, before. You know, the miracles happened when? Before he went to the cross. He walked as a man in authority. God gave us authority on this earth. And in his word, he's asking us to walk in it. He's asking us to declare his promises. He's asking us to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. There's nowhere it says, hey, just suck it up and be weak. Just lay down there and I'll, I'll come pick you up on the way out. He needs us, guys. We're his hands, his feet, his eyes, his ears, his mouth. He is in need of us. Everyone out there is searching for Jesus with clothes on them, with skin on them. They're looking for us. And I mentioned this the other day is pay attention. Open your eyes to the people that you're around at work, in the store, wherever you are. Pay attention to their, their body language, their eyes. You know who needs it. One word from God can change a person's life. And if you will step boldly out of your shyness to this person that just looks devastated and gloomy and just say, hey, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? Start a conversation if you can. If not, say, may I pray with you? If you're not that bold, say, all I wanted you to know is that God is for you, not against you. You know, and that's really good. And we say God loves you, and that's good. But most people think God's against them. They think God is ready to judge them and ready to smash them for all that they've done. God does not want to judge anyone. He's created heaven and hell. He doesn't send anyone to hell. We send ourselves. We cause our own troubles. He, he created the answer, and he's asking us to walk in it. He's asking us simply walk in his word. Simply do that. Now, here's the, the deal. You cannot have these things. You cannot walk in these things unless you are born again. You must be born again. And then his spirit will work in you, nurture you, change you, 
and create a path for you. And I'm going to ask you right now, looking up, looking all around, because Jesus said, if you declare me before my father and before men, I will declare you before my father. Back up. He said, if you'll declare me before men, I'll declare you before my father. And if you are not born again, or you feel in your heart that if you were to die today, that you would not be in heaven. You need Jesus. I did a funeral on Friday. A friend of mine's wife was just riding her bicycle. And then she wasn't. My brother was just driving down the highway, and then he wasn't. That's how quickly it goes, guys. We think we got this chance. All the movies taught us that when you're about to die, you'll see your life flash before your eyes, and you'll get this moment. We're gone like that. So we need to make good decisions. So I'm asking you, if you are not certain that you will be with the Lord when you die, raise your hand. All right. Let's do this together. Will you all stand up? Let's pray and repeat this, please. Lord Jesus, I choose to submit myself to you in all my ways. The things that are not profitable for me, I set them aside. I choose to follow you. I choose to honor you. And by doing that, I believe in you. And I know that I'm a child of God. And I'm secure in your peace. And I am saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.